millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Hello and welcome to the sixth episode of AI Movie Night. I'm your host, Joe Simpson, and tonight we'll be discussing the absolute masterpiece that is Goodfellas. I'm very lucky to be joined by two great guests. The first is Dave Hendrick, co-host of the excellent Happy Hour and All In Sports podcasts. How are you, Dave? I'm good, mate. I'm really glad to be on. We've been trying to put this together for a while. We have, mate. I'm very, very excited to hear your thoughts. I know you're a big fan, and I, I can't wait to hear what you've got to say. I'm also lucky to be joined by journalist and author Carl Kopach, who also writes and podcasts for the excellent Anfield Rap website. How are you, Carl? Not bad at all, mate. Not bad. Looking forward to this. Thanks very much for joining me again, mate. I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on this one. No problem. A labour of love, this one. Oh, brilliant, mate. Brilliant. Um, I'm just going to, obviously, because it's such a, a rich film, I'm going to crack straight on into it. And uh, the first question is going to be, can you remember when and where you first saw Goodfellas and what you thought of it at the time? And I'm going to start with you, please, on this one, Carl. I, I didn't see it at the cinema, um, which is really, really weird because I was pretty much obsessed by De Niro and Scorsese films. So I've got a recollection of it being on on a Sunday night on Channel 4, like a nine o'clock thing, in about 93 or 94. So I didn't see it for years and years and years, and I just suddenly thought, why the hell have I not seen this film? And <laughs> it, it's, it is one of those films where you just think, it just won't let you go. And I just thought, I feel like I've wasted four years by not seeing this film. It's just <laughs> everything in it. It's fantastic. So, yeah. I, so I didn't see it immediately at all. Yeah, it, it, I think I had a similar experience. I didn't see it initially when it first first came out. What 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 was it about it that you enjoyed so much? It's the pace. It's 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 the pure pace. He doesn't let you rest. Because normally, if films like this, because it's what two hours twenty something like that, he'll he'll yeah. put in like a little. I always refer to this as you know the, the Star Wars scene where the where the, the droids are walking through the, the desert because everyone gets mm-hmm. a bit of a rest. Yeah, you know where to go into the story and stuff like that, and it's not. It's just like you know, freeze frame, um, soundtrack, 
Uh, and he, he just doesn't let the story drop at all. Yeah, the, all the way through. A, I, just, I just thought that there's no rest to it at all. Yeah, that's a great point. I think Scorsese said something like he wanted it to start like a bullet and then just yeah. get faster. Yeah. And I think that that definitely happens. And a few people have said it's one of those films as well. It's like if you watch it, it's the shortest two and a half hour film you yeah. will ever watch in your life, isn't it? It, yeah. it really is fantastic. And it's got that great pace, as you say. What about yourself, Dave? Can you remember where you first saw it and what you thought of it at the time? Yeah, I mean, I was only eight when it first came out, so I didn't get to see it at the cinema, obviously. Um, I remember it being on one year around Christmas time, and I was up at my grandparents' house, and my, my older cousins were home from Australia, and it was probably maybe 94, Christmas 94 or Christmas 95, and they were allowed to stay up and watch it. So after much arguments, I was then allowed to stay up and watch it with them. Brilliant. And um, it's it's just, like, it's phenomenal. Like, I've always, just going off what Carl said there, I've always kind of compared it to going to a metal concert in that you get that immediate punch in the face and then it just goes and goes <laughs> yeah. and goes and goes. And, like, there's lovely little twists and rivets and turns and you get the odd break, like, you know, when he does the little freeze frame thing and, and there's, <laughs> you know, things you, you kind of watch out for and pick up on. But it's one of those incredible films that you watch it now and you still spot little things that you might not have spotted before that you'd forgotten. Like I hadn't watched it now in a couple of years, so I watched it at the weekend and you just pick up on little things that you'd forgotten about or, or that you may not even have noticed before. There's just so much in it. Yeah, that that that's a, that's a brilliant point that it, it, it's, it's so full of different things and you know, as you say, different shots. You'll notice how inventive a certain shot is used is, or or a little throwaway bit of dialogue in the background, or or as you say, some of them freeze frames. It's it's got so much to it. it you know, for me, it's probably obviously I can't say it's the best film ever. Who am I to judge? But it's probably the best film I've ever seen. It's uh, there's not a weak moment in it for me. No, no, I can't. Just, I can't no. think of any. I can't no, think, exactly. I can't, like I can't think of a single. No, the, 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 there's, there's no bad tracks on that album, is there? It's just, no. just all the way through. Oh, yeah. And the so, thing is, like, if, I don't know if you, either of you have read, have read the original book, but, like, yeah. he's just, he's <clears throat> captured it perfectly. It's cast perfectly. And, I mean, the thing is, if you were to sit here now without having this film having ever been made, you you wouldn't necessarily pick some of the actors for some of the roles. Yeah. Like, I don't think Ray Liotta would be anyone's first pick as Henry. I, I think that's a genius for the film, Dave. To be honest, but it's it's magnificent how good he is in that role. Because yeah. because yeah, you because you, you think it's De Niro's film, don't you? Mm, but the film's exactly. not about De Niro. And no, I think that that's the genius of it. That's yeah. the thing. I think that kind of gave Liotta the rub as well. The fact that he had De Niro and Pesci, who you know they'd been making big films for a long time, yeah. largely together, and now they're bringing in this guy, and it's it's almost like. Obviously, it didn't pan out that way, but it, like reading back on you know a lot of the reviews at the time and a lot of what the experts had to say, people kind of saw it maybe as a bit of a passing of the torch. In that, here was De Niro, arguably you know one of the top three biggest movie stars ever. Um, certainly at the time, like it was him and him and Pacino and maybe Harrison Ford or whatever. But you know, giving the main focal point of, of, of a film with a guy he'd worked with before in Scorsese 
to to let Rayleigh Otter, who nobody would have thought of for this role. Yeah, no, that, that's a brilliant point. I think uh, Liotta said he, he he felt he was like the glue in amongst the stardust of like yeah. De Niro and Pesci, and I, I think I think he he, he really he, you know he was a, he was a, it was a brilliant performance in that role, and that, as you say, with with two people of that caliber in it, and obviously they've already got that sort of relationship with Scorsese. It's interesting as well. I think he said that. I think it's come to light now. Well, he said in a few interviews that they seemed a bit cold and distant to him, De Niro and Pesci. But it's now come to light that part of that was because they wanted to keep him in the role, slightly unsettled around them, as well as obviously yeah. the friendship they had. And I, I love that type of thing. That sort of brings an extra richness to it. What about you, Carl? What are your thoughts on Liotta's performance and obviously the character of Henry Hill? Well, I, I think I think the best thing about it is the fact that He's basically the star of the film, and yet he's the supporting actor at the same time. Yeah. Um, he's basically the straight man to the other two because the other two are just so fearful as characters because they're just well. One we're going to get onto it obviously, but one of the one of those characters is basically Satan. Um, he's just <laughs> he's just the, he's just the worst human being in the world. Um, and, and you know, and, and De Niro's just sort of always just sort of brooding, and then. Uh, as the as the film goes on, De Niro becomes Satan as well. But you know, mm. after, after Love Hansa, um, yeah. and, and it's basically <clears throat> Liotta's performance is basically just pointing at them and going, "Look at them! I, I'm in, I'm in this." <laughs> and I'm not going to go into it later on. But the, the only problem I've got with, with Goodfellas, uh, uh, <clears throat> sorry, and it's, it's the actual um, the real story is Henry, Henry Hill is incredibly selective with the truth in in in, in the book Wise Guys and the one he wrote afterwards as well. So he's not quite as innocent and doe-eyed as he makes out, mm. I think. Oh, absolutely. And I, and I thought, well, yeah, because obviously, obviously in the famous thing in the film that Henry Hill doesn't kill anyone. He beats a yeah. few people up, but, you know, he tries to make out, well, you know, they were the psychos, not me. Um, but but Liotta does deals with that really well, I think. So he, he sort of, he, he, he plays it as a sort of still mafioso, but sort of almost with a bit of heart. But he's also quite evil as well. He's very cruel mm. to his wife and... Yeah, and, and he basically just lies and cheats all the way through the film, including you know, he lies to Paulie all the time for the second half of the film. Um, and he's, he's just really, really good at it. And obviously, as the film goes on, he, and he appears older and you know more drug-induced and stuff like that. It's, it's a really, really difficult role because he's sort of basically... He's got he's not as psychotic as the other characters, but he's basically got to change with the times as well while they're sort of you know old and set in their ways and what have you. And he's basically trying to be more progressive. So it's a very difficult role. He does it really well. Yeah. No, to- totally agree. You remind me there of a, a funny quote uh, Ray Liotta said. He said he met him after the film, Henry Hill, and he said, Henry Hill said to him, thanks for not making me look like a scumbag, and Liotta was like, what film were you watching? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's horrible, yeah. <laughs> and, and I think that probably backs up what you're saying. It probably shows that there was a lot worse way, as you say, he could have been portrayed mm. than what he was, you know, but I suppose then you'd have It'd be very hard with no sympathy for the main character or yeah. no empathy whatsoever. But no, good point that. I'm going to jump in now to some of the actual scenes and sequences from the film. Um, the, the, obviously, one of the first ones is obviously that Henry's childhood and his introduction to mafia life. I'm going to start with you, please, on this one, Dave. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it sums up what Carl was just saying about the way Henry Hill tells the story and he kind of makes himself out to be a victim yeah but if you actually watch it and think about what he's actually doing (laughs) like 
he's an evil little so and so. Like, and <laughs> he's he, he, like, it's not like a thing that they had to force him too hard. Like, and into this lifestyle and like he, he he focuses on how like oh i was making more money than my dad when i was this kind of and he's proud of the fact like that like his dad was just some you know some schmo who was out working hard and here he was this little tow rag who you know was just blowing up cars and running numbers and doing the bits and bobs and yeah he was able to earn more and like even though he portrays himself as this like victim who was you know kind of I don't know, plucked from, you know, the, the the womb of his mother and sent into this crazy world. You know, he embraced it completely and and loved it like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. No. I, I watched I watched the documentary about the real Henry Hill last night. And all the way through he said, Oh, I, I lived every night thinking, Oh, they're gonna whack me you know, even before like, you know, Love Hands or anything like that. So no, I was I was just petrified. I tried to get out all the time of the mafia and oh, you didn't, did you? Not really. <laughs> didn't <laughs> that's, try that's, that's, that's why you're bragging halfway through the film about it. Well, in the glossy, because it's, it's straight from the book. So, oh, yeah, I was parking Cadillacs and I couldn't see over the dashboard and all stuff like that. And Yeah, you, you sound petrified, Henry, about... Uh, yeah, it must have been a hard life, like... Yeah. You know, and, and the thing is, like, if you think about it, he was literally just a grunt to begin with. Yeah. He yeah. could at any moment have walked away and they would have found 400 others to take his spot. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, yeah. like... You know, and I'm sure, like, if for anyone that was around at that time, like, there was prop for, for every one of him that went on into the lifestyle, there was probably 20 or 30 others who kind of flitted in and out and then yeah. moved on with their lives to, to do what n- normal people would do with their lives rather than, you know, yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. No, couldn't agree more with you both there. I think what one of the things you touched on there about his perspective and it being skewed, I think, was shown, in my opinion, anyway, in the bit where he says about, you know, the kids carrying his mum's groceries and he's very yeah, proud to say it. It, it, it. Well, he says it's it's because of respect, but from my perspective, it's because of fear, really. Yeah. It's not, I don't think anyone was doing it because they respected them so much. It was because of fear of who he now was and the people yeah. he was now mixing with and running with. And um, I think what's interesting as well is it does, obviously, I know we're, we're understandably critical of, of, of him and, and what he did and stuff like that. But I think when you can see that, you know, I'm looking out the window and seeing that and obviously thinking back to being a kid yourself, this sort of power and getting away with everything when you're young, you can see that how how seductive that could be to a young person. And I think it, it mirrors Scorsese's own experience, he said, because obviously he was like a, a very asthmatic child and he, he weren't allowed to mix much. And I think he said he had a similar thing where he was always observing what was going on outside and how, yeah. you know, that mafia life was really attractive to him. And maybe if, he, if he'd have been not not as ill and also bigger, he could have went down that route. And I think it's fascinating how that it does mirror that as well in his own yeah. life. Um, now going to look at uh, some some of the other scenes. I suppose pr- probably the most memorable scene we're going to look at now is uh, the funny house scene uh, with with Tommy and obviously Henry. So, uh, what what are your thoughts on this scene, Carl? It's horrible, isn't it? It's yeah. just I watched it again yesterday, and um, obviously the film's twenty five years old now, and it's just still horrible. That 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 complete change of pace, um, and, and, and Pe- Pesci's just fantastic at it. He's just he, He's just great at that sort of thing. That yeah. that sort of, and you know, we're all laughing. He's very, very funny. 
Um, and then suddenly, as I say, he just turns into Satan. It, it, it just spins straight on that. Um, and and Ray, Ray Liotta, his reaction to that is absolutely brilliant as well. And sort of, well, I can't back down, but there's a third chance he's going to kill me here. And apparently it's based on, on a true story where, um, where, where Pesci said that to a mobster. He said, oh, yeah, I think you're a funny guy. And the bloke says, you know, just turned on him like that. What makes me funny? What, I'm a clown. I amuse you. Um, it's just, it's a it's a great scene in the film because it basically just, you know, Tommy suddenly goes from, you know, just a sort of little bloke and, you know, he's just a thief and, you know, not not that. But suddenly you just think, yeah, the, the, he's got issues, this man. He could really just shoot anyone on sight, which the real, real Tommy DiSimeone was... Um, was reputed to do that as well because it said um, uh, again the thing I watched last night it said he he would literally shoot people just because he bought a new gun and wanted to use it you know he's that sort of person so it's completely believable that he could do that it's a fantastic scene it's beautifully lit as well Um, god that film's good isn't it (laughs) fantastic fantastic sorry Sorry, Joe go ahead no go on Dave no I was just saying like for me like that scene just completely you know, encapsulate, encapsulates everything about that character. Like, yeah. he is this joking, funny guy, but literally, a flick of a switch, yeah. and he's just so threatening, like, and you can you can feel that come across, and, like, Henry Hill, well, like, Liotta's character, Henry Hill, it gets so nervous, like, and it's, well, it's brilliantly do, they? Yeah, every, like, that's every, the Everyone on that table is petrified. And then all of a sudden, they're laughing and joking again, and next thing, the guy comes across with the check and he flicks again, just completely out of nowhere, just flicks again and gets up. And then see, then they all start to laugh it's funny, and yeah. encourage him. And that's kind of a lot of what it was. Like he's, he's obviously complete short man syndrome <laughs> and he gets egged on by his pals and he just wants to be the big man. He like, he wants to stand out from the crowd and, like he could kind of delve deeper into what his childhood was like and always been the small one, the run to the litter, always getting picked on. And that's probably where a lot of this pent up violence comes from. Well, to make it even worse, the man he's based on was like a six foot two, you know, but like a brick shithouse type bloke. So you can imagine that. Imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. You've, you've really got no chance then, have you? No. Oh. I mean, I'm laughing at every single thing he says, and I'm apologising for everything that he disagrees with. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So. I think it's, uh, I totally agree with the points you make there. I think what it really successfully does as well is it's like it, it shows in amongst all those things that are so alluring and the, all the, you know, the fun of, you know, going out and meeting and mixing with all the gangsters and the power of the lifestyle they've got, just how dangerous that world is and that a stray word or an yeah. innocuous comment can get you killed at any time yeah. by a friend as well. You know, this is his friend doing it. Mm. And I think like like we often say on this show, and you've touched on the um, really good point is the people who are petrified are gangsters. This guy yeah. is making gangsters scared. If they're scared, then this is really scary what's going yeah. on. And I don't know whether you said agree. I think you may laugh at this now, but I think one of the things that makes it particularly frightening as well is most of us, to some degree, have had a similar experience, although not with a gangster. But no. we've all met people like that who you say the wrong comment to or you're in the wrong place and they suddenly can can get almost violent or threatening yeah. and we can all relate to that feeling of oh, oh i've said the wrong thing here 
how do I get out of it? Obviously, most of us are never in fear of our lives from that, but in that world, that's that's an ever-present danger, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, I'm now going to move on to all these scenes are, are pretty much classics, aren't they? I'm going to move on now to the uh, the famous Copacabana entrance scene. I'm going to uh, start with you on this one, please, Carl. It's the most famous shot in the film, isn't it? It's the steady yeah. cam all the way through. Um, I, I like it because it's got Pussy Bump and Zero from The Sopranos in it as well. <laughs> um, I really, really like that. It, I, um, um, what was it? Henry, I, 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 these are coats. It's it's summer. I don't need coats. I need jackets. It's <laughs> another line I found yesterday um, from Sonny, uh, the owner. It's just beautiful, isn't it? Is it, is it, is it? And then he kissed me to play over that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just lovely. It's just well, it, obviously the whole point of it is it's just him, him basically entering that world, and suddenly people are falling themselves, falling over themselves to sort of be nice to him. And Karen's um, just buying it all completely. It's absolutely yeah. brilliant. And also, there's a bit of trivia in this as well, And because I think he's the only one. There is one person in Goodfellas who's a Scouser. I know who you're going to say. Henry Youngman is a Scouser. Brilliant, brilliant. I, I, you, I, I, was, you, I was so pleased when I said that. And I was also really pleased. You could argue this too, sort of. George Harrison's got a song in there as well, so it's like, that's this is cool. You can't have that, Jeff. I'm, I'm having it. At one and okay. a half. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's brilliant. I was made up when I found out uh, there was a scouser in it. But I also like the fact that um, the first time they did the take, they went every third, all the way through, went all the way down, when he got, and then it came to Henry Youngman and he forgot his line. Oh, Just that, imagine I that. Big. <laughs> go outside, do the whole thing again. Pick up the table, go backwards, do all that. <laughs> Just because oh, no. he forgot his line. And it's not, it's not as if he's got a thousand lines in it as well. No, no. That'd be so frustrating, wouldn't it? Yeah, really would. But that's but, the point of the scene, isn't it? It's basically just to show, like you know, now I'm in this world and I can yeah. go in through this door, and this fantastic woman is going to be impressed by that, and she is. Yeah, you're right. it's a rite of passage scene. It's fantastic. She she swept off her feet, and I think because of that, as you say, that steady cam shot, you feel you're almost walking in with them. You're getting yeah. this taste of that life, and you know how attractive it is and how seductive it is. I think I think that's a really good point there. Yeah. What about what about yourself, Dave? What are your thoughts on this scene? No, I just echo what what Carl just said. I mean, it's so beautifully shot. Everything is just perfect. Like it, it encapsulates so much of of the life he's growing into. You, you know, he gets out of the the flash car. He greases the palm of the guy who's going to park his car. Mm-hmm. Walks across the street. Long queue. Goes through a door that isn't actually a door to be used. <laughs> Some guy waiting to greet him greases his palm as well. Walking along, knows everybody. Everybody's making a fuss. Yeah. Enters the venue and, oh, we don't have a table for you. Well, hold on and we'll just erect a table for you <laughs> right here, front and center. And it is, it just, it, it's, as you said, it is probably the most famous, you know, famous shot of the film. And it just, it sums up that lifestyle at that time as well, where, you know, so many celebrities found it cool to hang around with these guys. And, you know, there's stories, if you like, I don't know if either of these are into the NBA, but the stories about, about how New York Nick players used to hang around with a lot of these guys. And, you know, obviously there was very famous entertainers were friends with a lot of these guys as well. And it just, it's kind of mind-blowing to think that, like, as we were saying earlier, like, these are the type of people you would be in fear of your life around them. But these guys who were much wealthier than them and you know had much more to live for would gladly just slum it with them for for the night yeah just to have stories to tell their friends really yeah 
Yeah, the, it, as you say, it's it's that excitement of mixing with them, isn't mm. it? And I think you've touched on like like the quote says. I think it sums it up. You know, they were movie stars with muscle, yeah. and that's you know that perfectly conveyed in that scene, as you say. Um, you know, it's just so memorable and and so perfectly shot. And now I, gonna, I, oh, I recently saw. I was just gonna say, I recently saw Legend. Um, oh yeah. Which is, I would highly recommend. I thought Tom Hardy's brilliant in it, but that was kind of the same world. Like the Har- yeah. the the Cray twins, they had all these celebrity hanger honors as well. Yeah, and it's just like, why on earth? Like you could do anything in the world. You've got all that money, and yet you want to come down and spend time with these guys who could just as easily buy you a drink as stab you. Like you know, the, the, yeah. that's the kind of world that they live in. Just crazy to think about. Yeah, you're you're right. You you know, uh, as an outsider, you would think they'd be the people they'd be avoiding. They'd be. Why would you want to risk everything you've got to be in this dangerous, potentially dangerous situation? Yeah. But as yeah. you say, that the, there's there's a sort of glamour to that that type. Well, that's of it, and you, and you almost become tough by association yourself. Yeah, yeah, very good point. That I think that that was definitely the attraction for a lot of those people, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Going to look at another iconic scene now. I'm not making this up either, am I? These are all iconic scenes, aren't they? I'm now going to look. There are no bland scenes in the film. There's no none. You're right. There's no filler. It's exactly what what Carl said at the start. There is no filler in this film. Yeah. Spot on. Spot on. This one is the the famous uh, Billy Bat's confrontation with Tommy. And then obviously the, the subsequent visit to Tommy's house and then disposing of the body. I'll start with you, please, on this, Dave. What are your thoughts on this scene? I love this scene because it's <laughs> it's it's so funny. Like the guy he's so dismissive. Like they're all friendly, and then he makes one little comment, and then it becomes like, What did you say? What did you say? And everything gets calmed down and everything's <laughs> cool. And like Jimmy has kind of sorted everything. Everybody's happy, and then he they like, go home and get your fucking shoe shine box, <laughs> and it just sets Tommy off. And like at that point, you know what's coming next. That's the point of no return. And it, like the the but the way they go about like the visit to the house and the disposal of the body and that it's just so beautifully told and brilliantly acted. And the three <laughs> of them are so good together. Yeah, in those scenes. Do you, know, do you know what we were saying before about uh, when you watch it again, you find a little a little line in it which you haven't seen before. There's a, there's a friend of mine, Mike, um, uh, and his favourite line in the entire film is um, Frankie Carboni saying at the Spider thing, saying um, just saying nice fucking game. You know, if he gets shot in the foot, he very quietly <laughs> says nice fucking game and throws his card down. That's my mate's Mike. Favorite. That's his favourite line in the whole thing. Yeah. But my favourite line in it is is in this scene, and it, it's equally innocuous to be honest. It's um, when they're trying to when they're putting the sheet when he pulls the tablecloth off to put bats in, and yeah. and, to, and Tommy looks up at Henry and says, "I'm sorry, you got blood on your floor." <laughs> That's absolutely fantastic. The look at the look he gives him back in a sort of, "Well, you're sorry about that." Yeah, you just killed a made man in my like, and he's so sincere about it, like, never mind this dead guy who might need all of us being dead guys. Who I've literally kicked to death in front yeah. of you. Brilliant! Oh, no, it's, crazy! It's it's, yeah. it's it's a fantastic scene. Just, I mean, I love Frank Vincent. Frank, Frank Vincent can do no wrong for me oh, whatsoever. Yeah. He's great in every single thing he does. And I, I was made up. I saw Casino over the weekend as well. And I was made up when he kills Joe Pesci in Casino because he gets such a hard time off him. 
Uh, and that <laughs> is and, and the scene in Casino is the most violent death I've ever seen in my life. That's just horrible. Yeah. Um no. but um Frank Vincent's just fantastic. I love his little moustache and everything, and you know, he's uh your little prick you, you know, all that sort of stuff. I love the way he talks, he's fantastic in that. Um, yeah. and uh it's just the way that the way Tommy walks in as well. And and De Niro just looks over Billy Bats' shoulder. Um, uh, Jimmy Conway looks over his shoulder and just knows straight away, right? Well, he's yeah. dead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, oh, in the doorway. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like this little look around, like like oh, yeah, I'm spending my night burying this for now because you've yeah. come back. Uh, but the, uh, the, the scene, the, the scene where he goes to the house as well is just beautiful because they're so nice to his mum yeah <laughs> yeah like absolutely like, yeah i'm just having a nice chat and everything and it's all very nice when there's a man basically trying to keep his insides from in one place in the booth of his car outside and then then then, then you know they're eating their spaghetti and meatballs and all that sort of stuff it's just that's the thing they have time to stop and <laughs> it's like it, it's just it's so it's like that scene on it's like it, it, in the where it sits in the film would just if break it into hysterics of laughter. Oh, yeah, totally. Because it's so like it's just ludicrous that you would go in having just kicked a man to death. You've got yeah. him bundled up in the boot of a car, and you're going into this little old deer now, and you're going to sit and have some dinner, like, <laughs> yeah. act like everything's normal. Oh yeah, just out for a, for an evening <laughs> stroll, like. Well, you, you, need, you need to carve up, don't you, for that, for the burial scene. I think so they need as much bread and pasta as they possibly can. That's it. Gotta have good energy to dig a hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and I love the way, like, Henry, who's obviously sick by what's happened <laughs> and the consequences, he's like the mad one. They're giving him looks because he's not, like, fully engaging in this yeah, meal yeah. and, you know, getting involved. And it's like, he knows it's, it's a potential death sentence for all of them and he's sick. And they're just talking about, you know, Carving up this roadkill that they've apparently just ran over, and looking at looking at mad paintings. Uh, then, yeah, then he goes into an, <laughs> he goes into an art appreciation class. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> brilliant. Apparently, so much of that was improvised as well. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, just makes and, um, funny, it's got Sadie's mum, isn't it? The old woman. Oh and, yeah, um, yeah. And she, um, and she had she had no idea that the whole point was there's a body in the car. <laughs> I I heard a funny story. Um, Frank Vincent said like he he was getting interviewed for it, and he said the the journalist who was interviewing him said something like, hey, "How how 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 hard was it for you staying in that boot all that time while he was doing?" <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's, it's, it's all about the method. Yeah, definitely in there. Oh no, but it, it it's quite fascinating to me. Like you know, and we're all clearly the same. It's like such. You know, it's proper, you know, so much violence and the depths of this violence, as you say. But it's hilarious as well, yeah. in, intermingled in with it, isn't it? You know, that, that's, that's the point of it, isn't it? Yeah, we're yeah. just going to take the tension off a little bit. Cause yeah. Because believe me, we haven't even got to the big stuff yet. <laughs> oh. Like, mum, like, she's this little old dear. And if you look at her filmography, like, Mean Streets, yeah. Godfather Part Godfather, 3, Godfather 3 yeah. Cape Fear, and out. casino, like, casino, yeah, oh. and she's great in casino. Yeah, she's fantastic. She's yeah. Them all, like, give yourself she... a heart attack. I love oh. absolutely love. She's brilliant in casino. Yeah. Crazy, yeah. just like, oh, yeah, and and, and she's. A, and I think it helps that she's not not a real actor, really. You know, yeah, exactly. She, she's a, when you're watching it, 
she's a proper mum. We've all known mums yeah. like that, or or maybe nans. And you know, she, she's very real. You know, she treat these are grown men, gangsters. Obviously, she's just oblivious to some extent about all that, but she just treats them like kids. Doesn't but she? she's also <laughs> furious that he's not married. Of, of, of everything he does in his life, the one thing that he did gets wrong is he's not married like Henry. Spot on. She bollocks oh. him twice, doesn't she? In the film, she bollocks oh. him at the wedding as well. Soon going to have a family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, that's your problem with your son, is it? He's not married. I see. Okay. Oh, brilliant, brilliant scene. He's a psychopath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll let that slide. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to move on now to a, uh, you know, a couple of other great scenes uh, with the two scenes with Spider. So, uh, what, what are your thoughts on these scenes, Carl? Well, it's got my mate's favourite line in it. Nice fucking game. Um, <laughs> oh, brilliant. But it's just, it, again, it's the same thing as, as the, the the funny house scene, isn't it? Because it's just sort of, they look, it looks such a laugh playing cards with them. Yeah. And, and you know, they're just just genuinely quite funny and stuff like that. And then suddenly, but uh, it's some, the, the, the first one where he shoots his foot, he sums it up in one line, he goes, well, I shot his foot. Well, like, it's a big fucking deal. Well, yeah, yeah. it is, mate, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. shot a man in the foot. Because he didn't bring his, his, you know, didn't didn't bring his his drink over to you fast enough. Um, and again, it just shows the world that they're in. Is they know these things are going to happen all the time. And obviously, famously in the Sopranos, Michael Imperioli gets uh, shoots somebody in the foot, and as he walks out, uh, he brilliant. says it happens. Oh, um, which is which is a little nod to that. I mean, I'm sure we're going to talk about the Sopranos and Goodfellas because it's basically the Sopranos is Goodfellas too because everyone's in it. Um, yeah. I saw Carmine Lupertes in it yesterday, which I've never really noticed before. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's just, again, it's just a sort of extension of that life, isn't it? You know, the, the people can get killed literally by saying, sorry, I didn't hear you said you wanted a drink or not. Or, yeah. you know, or why did you go and fuck yourself? You know, slagging me off all night when you, you, you shot me foot. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulties swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, Headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eden syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's, yeah, it, it's brilliant. And I think for the rest of them as well, it's that instant realization that this guy that they always knew was a little bit touched and a little bit you know, dangerous is completely off the reservation. Yeah. yeah. And there's absolutely no limits to what he will kill you for or shoot you for, or like he just does not see, you know, any kind of boundaries in, in, in terms of his behavior. He just does whatever he wants. And like poor spider, like, like the, oh, yeah. the, the, the way he like finally stands up for himself and you're like, good lad. And then you shot, <laughs> yeah. you're like, Oh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's... It's, it's it's interesting that the punishment he gets off De Niro as well, which is well, you're going to dig the hole. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that, that's a massive punishment. That, that compared to what he's he, actually he, just done. He's basically mean he's heading around to his mums for some more spaghetti and meatball, <laughs> <laughs> and then I he'll just, just I just make haven't some... got enough meat sauce with me. What, what yeah, and then he'll just make someone else dig the hole anyway because he's yeah. like got a gloom. Yeah, no, great, great. great maybe that's point. what he said. But that's maybe that's what he meant when he said, you know, we haven't got enough lime. Maybe he just meant some sort of like, light drizzle over his pasta before he carves up for the, for the burial scene. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, what are both of your thoughts on it? Uh, I'll, start, I'll start with you on this, please, Dave. Uh, the, Jimmy sort of goads him into it, doesn't he? He, he sort of goads Tommy into it. Or, yeah, you're going to get You know, because he's such a sharp guy. I can't believe mm. that he didn't realise he was playing with fire when he was like, you know, saying, you know, what's the world coming to? You're going to stand for this. He, he sort of goads him into it. So he blood's on his hands there as well, I, I would say. Oh, he's the he's the ultimate puppet master in this film. Yeah, like, yeah. Car- Carl mentioned at the start that one of them is the devil and then the other one becomes the devil. But yeah. with Pesci, it was so out there, like, and, like, his violence and just crazed behavior was right on the outside. Whereas Jimmy had it hidden behind, like, all these layers of being like a nice guy and a thoughtful guy and the one you could rely on and clearly, you know, uber intelligent when it came to planning different things. But he was clearly the one, like, it's like an owner with a pit bull, you know, like going to a dog fighting competition. He's the one, he was just geeing him up and geeing up. But it's, it's throughout the film with little things as well, like little looks and comments and, as you say with this, like you, you know, you're not going to stand for this guy telling you to go fuck yourself. Like, yeah, knowing and he and he he does. He knows what's going to happen. It's almost like it's for his own amusement. Like he just wants to see this guy go absolutely nuts for his for his own amusement. Like, yeah, but he does. He does something similar as well when he, when he is it Janice's girlfriend. Um, when when it, when Paulie and, and and Jimmy go around to to Henry's place and say like you know you got to go back to your wife, mate. We we don't do this. Don't go back today, but you know, and and De Niro basically just sort of I keeps calling De Niro. Jimmy Conway just keeps saying, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you know, n- not today, but you know, you got to go back. These are the rules, etc. And he's all very reasonable, and it's sort of he's saying it in a sort of, well, I've told you to do it, so you're going to do it. Yeah, I've got that yeah, sort yeah. of power. The most important line as regards Tommy is, is Paulie when he says he's got too much to prove, and Jimmy Jimmy Conway hasn't got enough to prove because he had his reputation by the time he was sixteen. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And De Niro and and um, um, and Tommy's just got. You know, he, he just takes chances all the time. He's, you know, he's, you know, he, he will literally just shoot anyone in, in, in case he thinks that his value or, or his reputation is dropping by an iota. 
well, that's it. And like, he's he's Jimmy the Gent, isn't he? And like yeah. his his reputation is that he's this guy that doesn't have Italian blood, who yes. Italian families like from reading the book, multiple of you know members of different families fought over who was going to get him on their yes. side because he was seen as such a useful asset. So his reputation was there. Yeah. But like you say, Tommy had to try and prove himself because he wanted to be made. He wanted yeah. to make his reputation and then be embraced and become part of this. And he was almost like he was trying too hard. Whereas for Jimmy, he didn't have to try. Like, yeah. obviously, he could never be made anyway, but he, he knew his value. Whereas Tommy, it's almost like he doesn't know his value because he doesn't really, like, with Jimmy, you can see what the, you know, the, the, the main mafia guys would want in a guy like him. Whereas yeah. with Tommy, you can't, other than being muscle, and he's kind of too small to really portray that, in, like in the film, obviously, yeah. to really be like a you know bodyguard or something. And you couldn't make him a hitman because he's just, <laughs> he's a lunatic. He, he'd rather go up and pluck someone's eye out than just shoot them from a distance. like Which, which happened in real life. He was, t- he was told at one point to go and um, scare somebody because they hadn't paid. Just scare them. And yeah, he viciously killed them. Yeah, you know, so yeah, you just no can't. Control. Yeah, none at all. Like absolutely none. Yeah, no, couldn't agree with your thoughts there uh, anymore. Um, the the next scene we're going to look at is uh, obviously the the famous Lufanza heist and the repercussions with obviously Jimmy's actions and cutting the links between him and the robbery. I'm going to start with your thoughts on this, please, Dave. Well, this this is for me is where the real Jimmy comes out like, and you yeah. start to see that he's been hiding what he really is all, all along. Like he, he's kind of the, you know, the playful one in some ways, like with the little bit of wind up and having a, you know, a bit of banter across and always good with a good one liner or whatever. But you begin to see that he like, as, as ev- like as evil as Tommy is, Jimmy's on a whole other level. Yeah because he's so cold-blooded about it, whereas Tommy's, everything's, like, hot in your face, there to see. Jimmy's so cold-blooded. What I really like about it is the way they don't show a lot of, like, they just show the the final, you know, setup of, of the person's dead. They don't actually show him doing any of the deeds, but you know it's him that's done it himself. And I think it really plays well to what that character is and, and how De Niro played him as well. Well, yeah. th- this is another thing about Goodfellas. It's, there's a threat of violence from, from, from the second one, but there's mm. only five murders in it. Yeah. yeah uh, th- there's implied murders, obviously, because you find Frenchie and you find Carboni and people like that, but you don't actually see them getting killed. I think the difference between Tommy and J- Jimmy in this is the fact that Jimmy is evil plus ambition. Yeah. Whereas Tommy's just evil. Evil, yeah. Evil just yeah. go and beat somebody up for the, the the hell of it, but you know if if you know like the way you know he kills more you know the way he kills Maury, he, he killed him just because he'd rather have his twenty grand. So <laughs> that, that. That's it. It's like Tommy. Tommy wants people to be afraid of him. Yeah. Jimmy wants people to be afraid of him. Plus, he wants them to respect him. Yeah. And he 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 also like he also wants the power and the money. Whereas there's nothing to really show that Tommy had any interest in that. He just wanted people to be scared of him. Yeah. Jimmy was just like wanted it all, basically. Yeah. Jimmy wanted to be the main guy. But again, the, the real story of the Billy Bats murder, it was nothing nothing like it. It wasn't just over a little fight like that. What actually happened was um, uh, Billy Bats got out of jail and Jimmy had just taken over his Shylock business, just took it over and didn't want to give it back. So he thought, well, yeah. we'll just kill him then. 
Yeah. No, 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 not bothering about the repercussions or anything like that. That's just the way his mind works. Well, that's mine now. And well, the way to end this problem is to kill him. Exactly. And I'm an I'm an Irish guy. I can't come out and do it myself. Yeah. So I've got this little pit bull here. So basically, I'm going to twist his little head. Yeah. I'm going to wind them up, and then I'm just going to spring them on this guy. Yeah. And it'll take care of itself. And like, I know it's the next scene that we're going to go on to with with Tommy um going to be made and getting killed but like it's it's strange when you see how upset jimmy is yeah because of that but in reality it's it's because of him because it's him that's done this it's him that basically set the actions and motions motion that led to tommy killing billy and then all of a sudden he's all upset and all my friend is dead and it's like you are properly maniacal yeah. If if you can play it and play it perfectly, like had everybody believing that the worst thing in the world was that his best friend had died. Yeah. When in reality, it's it's him that's set the gears in motion, and it solidifies his position because as powerful as he might have gotten, there would all there might also have been the the possibility of him falling out with Tommy, Tommy putting a bullet behind his ear, and then all of a sudden everything. Jimmy has worked. So it's almost like that was part of Jimmy's master plan yeah. as he manipulates everybody on his on his journey. Like, yeah. But the, but the, but the actual murders after Love Hand. So it's 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 um it's the music that makes it, isn't it? Really. Oh yeah. Jo- jo- Johnny Roastbeef and his wife in the car while, while the kid walks up to the car really slowly. That's amazing. Oh, that it is be- be- best I've best the best I've ever seen in a film. To be honest, yeah. definitely the most memorable. You know, and obviously in this film, as you said earlier, there's so many great usages, use of songs throughout it. Yeah. And but that's the best. That is just sensational, really. Um, you know, it is the look on the kid's face as he walks, as he approaches the car as well. And it's not that he just kills Johnny Roast Beef; he had to kill his wife as well. Yeah. I've never understood that he had to kill the wife too. I suppose because yeah. she knew that he was involved in Lafansa, but. Um, but the, the score says he has to show that. Yeah, he's, he's killed the wife too. Don't worry about that. Yeah, it's, no, it's no one's telling on him here. It's literally like just uh, like he's just wiping out everybody with any knowledge yeah. of what happened. Like I, I love the scene with um, Frankie Carbone, like when he just like the meat fan opens, like and he just the body swings round on the hook, like yeah. it's like it's so perfectly. It and again, it's it's like you said, Carl. You don't see the murder, but. You know why why he's been be nice. yeah, and yeah, you know it hasn't been a pleasant ending for him, and and that's yeah. what makes I think that has more impact than if you saw him get shot or whatever, yeah, because it, it sets your mind running on oh my god, what could he possibly have done to him, yeah, before he stuck him in a meat wagon like, but yeah. because Stack Edwards gets off quite lightly because he he didn't even know it was coming. So you know, when, when uh, incidentally, Carbone in, in in the Stack Edwards murder scene is absolutely fantastic. Where he's <laughs> he's still trying to make coffee after they've killed him. I love that. He's absolutely. also a, he's a legend as well. For he, he sued the Simpsons, didn't he? he the did, after, I read that yeah. yesterday. Yeah, I tried to sue the Simpsons. <laughs> for using his likeness, and I, yeah. I, I think he had a case. Really, it blatantly is his likeness, isn't it? If you, it was if like twenty-one million dollars or something. He's tried to sue him for. It seems <laughs> overreaching a little bit. I think. Yeah, I, I don't think he deserved that, but he did. Maybe go in at like a hundred grand or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Be, be reasonable. And it's, also, it's not, not as if you know, if you bumped into that bloke in the street around that time, you, you wouldn't think 
oh, there's that Italian actor who blah, blah, blah. You think that's Frankie Carboni from Goodfellas. They played, yeah. both, he played the... <laughs> but I, I think you both summed it up so well uh, with 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 Jimmy. It's like it obviously Michael Corleone and The Godfather. It, it's he uses that line about it's business. Well, yeah. this is business for Jimmy, but there's also a lot more malice as well mixed in, as you say, with things like you know being in that car that he killed them both in that car, and obviously killing his wife, and you know you get the feeling with him. There's no limit that he won't go to to yeah. for his greed ultimately, and it, it, you know that I suppose that's the main driving force <laughs> that that ultimate greed. Um, the next scene we're going to look at is uh, obviously Henry's manic day that culminates in his arrest. Uh, I'm going to start with you, please, on this one, Carl. Uh, again, it's the music, isn't it? Yeah. Um, give me shelter three to memo from Turner, Monkey Man. Um, and Leot is fantastic in it, and oh, I know yeah. the, the, amount of, the amount of makeup on his eyes and things like that is just, just really good. But the thing I love about it more than anything else, it's he's worried about the more mundane things. <laughs> he's worried yeah. about the sauce sticking. Yeah, that's that's on his mind as much as you know sorting out his um, his Pittsburgh connection and stuff like that, and you know running into people in the middle of the road and what have you, mm. and, and 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 the lucky hat and stuff like that. But that. He pays equal mind to the fact that the sauce might stick unless Michael keeps staring it. That's in his mind. That's just the sheer banality of his life at that point. That's in his way. And it's it's just incredible, isn't it? That way. Um, that, what that that scene that scene must last what fifteen minutes, something like. It feels like four. Yeah, yeah it does. Absolutely it, flies. It does. It. Like that's the one scene that you if if you were to to again look at the film in, in individual parts and just see that scene, you could go, oh, this could drag quite a bit. Yeah. But in the body of the film, it just flows so perfectly because his mind is jumping from one thing to another and yeah. back to the sauce. And then constantly, it, it just fits so perfectly. And as you said, Carl, the music just ties it all in. Like The soundtrack for this film is just yeah. so perfect. It is, it is. Uh, and I think that th- those fast cuts and that music changing and the different sorts of plates he's spinning, that they help to build that feeling of tension, don't they? And the stress he's under and, you know, the the, the, the chaotic nature of his mind. Through well, magic drugs. bus by the who. You know, when oh. I want it, I want it, that bit. That, that's just oh, absolutely, that's, that's genius putting that in there. Yeah, totally agree. And uh, as as you've mentioned before, Liotta's acting in 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 these scenes in particular, I think is brilliant. He really conveys that sort of, you know, the the muddled thinking and the stress and the effects of the drugs on him. And you know, it really comes across. You actually sometimes I do any. I start to feel a bit sickly sometimes watching it because he's that good at conveying how he's yeah. feeling at the time. You know, it's just a it's a brilliant sequence, really. Um, now going to move on to um, Henry essentially getting arrested and then deciding to cut a deal and the court scene and ultimately uh, witness protection. I'm going to start with you, please, on this, Dave. Well, like going back to what we said earlier about Henry and how he likes to, you know, to shy away from the blame and play the victim and all that. It's no real surprise that it goes this way because it kind of brings his character full circle. Yeah. And it's, it is, it's the perfect ending for the film, the way it's put together, like nice quick shots. And it, it is like, 
it it does. It just literally just defines the character because he's constantly like, "Oh, it wasn't me. I'm innocent, and now I'm going to turn on these guys." And you know, it, in a way, it's sort of a shame that there wasn't a big final blowout with him and him and Jimmy. Yeah. But at the same time, the ending for this is perfect, like it because it left it it just it closed the book basically on it. Yeah, no, couldn't couldn't agree more there. I think it's it's interesting as well the way it's like, um, you know, you've got Jimmy obviously originally was to, gave him that you know that you know those instructions never rat on your friends and and never talk, and obviously, but his own rules are essentially. But if I ever decide I want to kill you, I can. So it's funny he's got this rule that you can't break, but I can kill you if I decide. Yeah. That's what I want to do. And obviously that's underpinning to a large degree Henry making the decision to obviously, you know, give evidence against them because he, he, he realizes Jimmy and obviously we've just talked about how ruthless he is. You got Billy Bats in your car there, Carl. Do you know what? It's, 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 it doesn't mean like this. It's just before the 5th of November before we, when we record this, but um, it's been quiet. And for some reason they've, they've just started to start doing it now. No, I, I get it up here, Mason. I'm just joking, but yeah, no. Back to that joking apart. It it it, it is interesting that dynamic. What about yourself, uh, Carl? What are your thoughts on on this uh, this sequence? Well, firstly, he's genuinely bronchial. That needs pointing out straight away. I love <laughs> I love I love that line so much. Yeah. Look, if he's genuinely bronchial, we'll sort something out. Uh, it's okay for ring me, mum. Oh, you, you haven't really got the like, hack of this, have you, mum? To be honest. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and it, it 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 is like you know it it does does come full circle. I say the only thing that annoys me about it is is Henry Hills, the the real Henry Hills sort of yeah. Well, you know I was I, I was I lived in fear in my life. Paulie was going to kill me any minute and stuff like that. Yeah, and I've I've got no problem with him, you know, turning evidence and stuff like that because the people who he, who he convicted were, were worse than he was by a mile. But it it just makes a really interesting ending because the the difference between the film and the book. Um, could they make out in the film that he wasn't involved in Lufthansa at all and therefore he knew he wasn't going to get whacked by Jimmy? But in the book he was, and he was genuinely scared that Jimmy was next on the list to be killed. And he knew Paulie wanted to kill him because of the drugs thing. So therefore he basically said, well, I've got really no choice because you know, my two biggest mates were trying to kill me. And then, you know, at that point, there's no such thing as honour. There's no such thing as a matter. I really have to protect myself and my family as much as anything else. So it, it's uh, it's it's coming on, you know. It, it's it, it's a an obvious ending. Obviously, obviously, you know it's true life anyway. I like the fact that the man who basically tells him to go into the witness protection is the man who actually did the same thing to Henry Hill. That's the same man. Oh, brilliant! Which is quite a nice thing. Uh, and he just he apparently just went on the site well, on on the the set one day. Spoke to course agent. Said, by the way, I'm the man who basically had that conversation. And he said, well, you know, would you like to try for the scene? And then he said he was like 22 years old or something like that when he did it. He said, you know, he just felt <laughs> like he was just walking into, you know, it, it, he says um, it's, like, it's like going going to bat for the Yankees if you've just waved a bat once in your life. Well, I'll have a go. Oh. You never know. And now now, now he's uh, immortalised in Goodfellas and not just for doing That's the real amazing. thing, but for, you know, but you know, for, with Lorraine Bracco and, uh, and Ray Liotta. But um, yeah, it, it is it is the obvious ending. I love the, um, I also love the, the, the Tommy appearing at the end. Shooting the gun oh, as well. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah, because he's shooting the audience. Yeah. yeah, really, really clever thing. Which I, I thought was uh, was was um, uh, a Cagney thing, but apparently it's it's a uh, it's like a 1904 one of one of the first films ever made where somebody does the same thing. 
Uh, it's based yeah. on that. So that's um, Scorsese just basically saying, look, everyone, I know loads about old films. <laughs> yeah, uh, I quite like can't... it now because now, now I know it. Oh, brilliant. Oh, no, that, that that is a great end to the film, as you say. I uh, I love I love that, and I, I know you touched on this with the Bronkill. I love that he's still got that, Henry Hill's still got that sense of entitlement, hasn't he? Yeah. You know, he, you know even though the situation he's in, he still expects the, the yeah. sort of world to dance to the beat of his drum, so to speak. He still expects, you know, he's still talking as if he's got this power. And I think uh, Scorsese likened it to being like a god from Mount Olympus being yeah. cast down with the, you know, with the normal people. And obviously he says himself, you know, he'll live the rest of his life as an average schnook. And it's yeah. like, you know, it's it fascinating to me just how, how into that world he was that he almost wants some sympathy for him now having to live in the real world. And he wants some action. He yeah, wants he wants as much yeah. as anything else. Yeah. Which is what happens to the real Henry Hill, of course, because he, uh, they eventually kicked him out. They, they said that he was the worst possible witness protection <laughs> candidate they've ever had in their life he just broke every single rule he could and ended up doing more time for like for drugs and stuff it, it's 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 so interesting that you know as well as the film being so rich and having so many strands to it the real the real story itself has got even more and you know not even just the real story just so many things linked to the making of the film yeah so fascinating as well it's just so so interesting all around what about uh obviously i know we've covered the film now but it there's so many scenes are there any scenes that or moments that stand out that we've maybe missed uh, i'll start with you please on this dave I don't know. I'm just trying to think. I think we 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 covered like all the the main scenes. The one that yeah. always stood out for me though was when when he's running when his father's beating lumps out of him mm-hmm. at the beginning. And again, it's him playing on being the victim. Like, oh, I didn't do what my dad said, so he beat lumps out of me, and and that then reinforced my will to go on and and do this. And then when he's running when he's running away after setting the car like the car on fire, the car's on fire in the you know your man's car sales place and you're like kind of you're kind of looking at it thinking well if you were an unwilling participant in this i'm not really sure you'd have been the one up burning (laughs) out all these cars (laughs) yeah do you know and like it just from the henry hill point of view like it it, it's amazing it's still amazing to me that he managed to live for so long after getting got into witness protection then getting thrown out and go back into jail um, as as Carl said, that without get, without them going and finding him, like because he made it quite well known where he was. At. But um, no, I think I think we covered pretty much all the the scenes I want to talk about. Oh, my, my, my 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 favorite scene, um, and I can remember this from the first time I saw it when I didn't know what was happening. Obviously, um, it's Tommy's death, and the 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 emotion I experienced in that was absolute relief. Thank God he's dead because he's the most revolting person I've ever seen in my life. And and then the, the good thing about Joe Pesci is, if anyone's seen Casino, I think Nicky Santoro he plays in that is worse than Tommy, <laughs> which is, and that's a hell of an upgrade if you think about it. But um, yeah, it, it's just a pure overall thank, thank God. I like the fact that he's actually killed by Martin Scorsese's dad in it as well, which is quite nice, Vinny. An <laughs> aristocrat, that man. Um, yes. uh, there's, there's so many things that we haven't talked about. The, the prison scenes. Yeah, oh, the prison scenes are brilliant. Like the that's what I was gonna say. The, the, yes. the, the dinner scene, like, and yeah. you just like this. It's and again, it goes back to kind of like the scene at the Coca Cabana, where you're just looking at this lifestyle and like you're in jail. Yeah, <laughs> like where are you getting all this stuff and why do you have <laughs> yeah. this cushy lifestyle and like 
it, that's the the thing. Like you, you obviously see different films about you know, you know this this genre and different books and you know autobiographies and biographies and whatever else. You're kind of looking at it and thinking like you guys were the literally the worst of the worst. As as yeah. Carl said, like Tommy is just the most heinous human being you could yeah. see. And you're like, they, they go to jail and they're treated like royalty. Like, these guys should be locked up in isolation the whole time. Yeah. You yeah, know, like, yeah. they're just being pandered to by the system. And and again, that kind of goes to, like, Scorsese telling the story as well about how they these people were entitled and they did have so much given to them. And, like, even though they were breaking every law you could imagine... Nothing was really done because going to prison wasn't so much a dis- of a deterrent for them because it just meant that they lived the same life. They just didn't have to really get out of bed in the morning. They just lie yeah. about all day. And it's just, it's, it's such, it's like the, the prison scenes in it are brilliant though. They really are. Totally agree. I, I was going to say the prison scene is the one that I wish we'd have had more time to talk about. It's like, you know, how, how many films uh, are there where there's, Essentially, cooking, someone cooking a meal. There's a recipe like, in the middle of the film. Yeah, it's and it's captivating. <laughs> and like yeah. you, you say to anyone about cutting the garlic in Goodfellas, and they know exactly what you're yeah. on about and how it's done. And probably anyone who's seen it's probably had a go at doing it with a razor blade or at least thought about it. And it's it like, liquefies in the pan with a little bit of oil. Oh, totally, totally. <laughs> I like it. I like it. And that that that's that's the the genius of Scorsese, I suppose. It's like. He, he said he wanted to focus on the, you know, the detail and the minutiae of 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 that world, and and it's all in there, and it's so captivating because I don't, I don't, I, I, this will probably sound quite controversial, but I hope you get what I mean. It, it's a very interesting story, but I wouldn't say it's not like it's not a great story in terms of no. it's not like uh, you know a war between the five families or mm. sorry, you know, one, one member whacking out the, the rest of the five families leaders. It's not like that. It's not, it's not a, an amazing story, but it's a story that is told so well through the yeah. genius of Scorsese. It's, a, it's episodic, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Just a, yeah. a quick piece, piece of trivia on the re- that recipe. That is Scorsese's mother's recipe. Oh, brilliant. Um, she actually released a cookbook and that <laughs> is one of the recipes in it. That's where he got that from. Um, he there's a couple of other films he's done where there's bits of cooking going on, and it, it all comes from his mother, like in her ways of doing things. Um, Do you but, have to have a half dead man in the car? I, <laughs> see, that's the thing. I, I I need to buy the book to actually find out if that's in the, you know, in, in the 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 footnotes or that. Um, but like you know, it's just what what Joe was saying there. Like if you think of what a film about like a properly made film about the life of John Gotti would be like. That yeah. would be a far greater story to go into than and this story. I've, there's two of them, and they're not. They're nowhere near as good as Goodfellas. No, no, not even like on the same planet as these as Goodfellas because they're just not well made. But like yeah. the source material, and it's disappointing because they they could be working with far greater source material than yes. than this story. But it's the genius of Scorsese, and it's the pull of Scorsese to bring De Niro on board and, and bring Pesci in and, and put together a brilliant cast. And like, it's, it's something he's done time and again, we shouldn't be surprised, but at the time this film was just, you know, so far above everything else that was been made. Obviously the Godfather is 
you know, one of the the Hall of Fame collections of films, but it's not the same kind of landscape no. as this. This is the gritty Terrific. on the yeah. yeah, and it's like the the very high end of it. This is gritty yeah. on the streets kind of stuff. Great, great, great point. That would, would you say it. it's better than Buster? <laughs> it's it's up there. It's up there. But I, I think oh god, you probably agree with that, wouldn't you? No, no, you mate. Watch. no mate. Uh, I, I I think they're probably tied. No, I'm only messing. I don't even think I've seen Buster, but I will look it up now. It's the film but Buster it, could have been. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. But you you just hit on something that I think Scorsese himself said. I think he said the Godfather was sort of like from a general's perspective. Yeah. And this was the foot soldier, and he wanted to show that. And obviously, that was the beauty of Hill's book, from from what you have said as well. He was very good at the details, and and obviously, then Scorsese brings it to life in such a magical way, and just a fantastic film. I think that's and then, it. Then it, that sort of um, leads to Donnie Brasco, where they're basically hitting um, parking meters with hammers in the back room of a social club. You know, as far removed yeah. from Vito Corleone as you yeah. can possibly get. Great, great pointer, great pointer. Um, I think, think conscious of the time, I could talk all night with you guys about this. I've really enjoyed it. Um, but I suppose we best bring it to a close there. And just like to say, uh, thanks to yourselves. Thanks to everyone who's listened. And uh, I'll start with you, please, David. Where can people find or hear more of your thoughts and your work? Um, so I do a show on the Anfield Index podcast channel called The Happy Hour with Brilliant. Stephen Gennaro. Um, I've taken to calling him Stephen now as well. <laughs> um, I also, me, me and Steve have another show we're doing. It's called All In Sports Talk. And it's basically, it is what it is. It's it's us talking about all other sports. Um, we have, get loads of guests on, like people who are work for ESPN, covering the NFL, covering the NBA. Um, it's, it's out every Thursday. You can find it at www.allinsportstalk.com. Go there as well to check out a competition we're running in um, in conjunction with a charity organization who deal with giving uh, underprivileged and sick kids, you know, hope and and opportunities within sport. It's bring you know bringing sport to these kids. Um, we've got a great competition that we're running there, and check us out on Twitter at All in Sports Talk. Excellent. So I'll, I'll be having a look at that competition myself. It sounds like a really good cause. What about yourself, Carl? This could take a while. Um, well, <laughs> firstly, I, I, um, I'm on Twitter as uh, at the Sensi, um, which I, I had to explain to someone recently. It's got nothing. I do Taekwondo, and it's got nothing to do with Taekwondo. It's a, the Sensi is a play, but is a is a poem by Shelley. Just me being <laughs> ponty and pretentious. Uh, I write regularly for the Anfield Rap. Uh, do some podcasts with them as well. Um, I've got a novel called "And What Do You Do?" If you like novels. Um, for just two quid and uh, the big thing was over the summer we released uh, Sasha Nakrani and I released a book called Where Everywhere Us the story of Liverpool's 2014-15 season as told by friends and foes which isn't about football it's about what um, fans do on the day of the game and how they got into Liverpool oh brilliant that sounds and, really uh, good I must check that out yeah, same here, same here. I've read a few excerpts and they've, they've been, you know, all of them have been excellent. So I look forward to reading the full book. Uh, just once again, just to like thank both you guys for coming on. I've learned so much and really enjoyed my time with you both. Um, thanks to everyone who's listened. They really appreciate it. Uh, always eager for feedback or film suggestions. If you've got any, please uh, tweet me at Joe Simpson at wolf underscore tickets LFC or at AI Movie Night at AI Movie Night. Thank you. 
when I was broke, I would go out and rob some more. We ran everything. We paid off cops. We paid off lawyers. We paid off judges. Everybody had their hands out. Everything was for the taking. And now it's all over. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.